Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray Heron. Joining me this episode, it is Matthew Day Gillett. Hey man, uh, sorry about the croaky voice. It's um, been an interesting last couple of weeks for me. So um, yeah, I'm just going to put my nose down and uh, soldier on if that's all good with you. <laughs> soldier on. Uh, wasn't, that, yeah. wasn't that the ad? Cultural. Yeah, keep cultural. Me, keep go. me going. <laughs> Had a nasty cough last couple of weeks. Oh, that doesn't sound good. We'll edit out your coughs. Coming up in the show, we are going to be diving into your submissions for the KR Christmas wish list, catching up with the big man and Red himself. Uh, it's happening a little bit later in the show. First, though, let's do the news. And we've got news on the CRF300L that we talked about a few episodes ago. Uh, the Isle of Man TT, the latest on that. Ducati Monster, they've been doing a bit of work on that. Uh, but first, um, let's talk about something closer to home, Matt, with New Zealand's ABS laws. Yeah, so this is something that um, has been a bit contentious lately, um, sitting on Facebook and everything. Um, there's a lot of misinformation going on there, as you find with um, the internet. Um, in particular, um, but it's regarding what is exempt from the new uh, ABS law and what is not. Um, so um, instead of taking everyone's word for it, I went through the um, very boring to read document and fired off an email to the CEO of the Motor Industry Association uh, to clear it up and um, find out what the story is. So um, here we go. Um, from November 1 next year, all current model and new motorcycles imported into New Zealand and including imported used motorcycles, uh, if they're over 125 cc's, they must have ABS fitted for them to join the national road fleet. There's no ifs or buts about that. If it's coming onto the road, it's got to have ABS, especially if it's a brand new bike. Um, If it's under 125 cc's, it must have either ABS or a combined braking system. So that's when you grab a bit of the front brake and it activates a bit of the rear brake at the same time. Um, you tend to see it on scooters and the like. Firstly, the new law does not apply to current motorcycles in the fleet, so um, oh, I'm trying to think of... The old BMW R1 R80 GSs. Yeah, so you don't have to retrofit ABS, which, let's face it, nobody's going to do that. It's basically impossible to do anyway. Um, so your bike's not going to be made illegal by this new law. It's fine. It's already on the road. It's yours. Don't worry about it. Um, if you want to import a classic bike into the country, motorcycles registered in any country prior to the 1st of January 19th, 1990 are exempt so that means if the bike is over geez what's that 30 years old um, and has been registered in another country previously before the 1st of January 1990 no worries easy as you can bring that motorcycle in all right um, that is provided there is no ABS option available um, so if they say you're not going to find many I think old BMW the first ones to bring in ABS um, but most old Japanese bikes before 1990 aren't going to have ABS anyway, so no worries there. For motorcycles first registered anywhere in the world after the 1st of January, um, there's a new special interest motorcycle permit that the government are putting together that will allow collectible motorcycles to continue to be imported under the condition that there is no equivalent ABS option available. So X-Bike is a nice looking, uh, let's call it a 750 Supersport, um, and it was made in 
2001 had the option for ABS or no ABS. If you want to bring it in, you have to bring the ABS model in. Um, they won't let you bring the non-ABS model in if it has been produced after 1st of January 1990. Um, there's also another caveat to that. You will need to apply to the NZTA and they are only going to allow 100 special interest motorcycle permits to be issued every year. Um, so there's not going to be huge numbers of um, post-1990 classics coming in and that's really put a... Uh, cap on that. Um, there's also an exemption um, in the law to allow New Zealand citizens or New Zealand residents who are coming back to the country or coming into the country have lived overseas uh, to bring their bikes from overseas um, as an immigrant's vehicle, they call it. Um, but you will need to demonstrate that the motorcycle in question has been owned and registered for use overseas for the last 12 months prior to importation. Say X-Bike is available here as ABS only and it's available overseas without ABS. You have the overs you buy the overseas model when working in London or whatever. You can bring that in provided you can prove that you have owned said vehicle for 12 months or more. Um, so the big problem where I've been seeing stuff online it comes to enduro motorcycles. So guys that put a plate on a KTM 500EXC or a Yamaha WR450F, um, a lot of these sort of guys on the internet are saying, oh yeah, there's an exemption, enduros are fine, you can bring them on the, uh, put them on the road, there's a motorcycle exemption for enduro motorcycles. That is not the case. So I fired an email off to the CEO of the Motor Industry Association, David Crawford, um, basically saying, look, I've read the uh, document, it says trial or enduro motorcycles used primarily off-road or at events are exempt, but I've looked further into it and there is a clause in the uh, Light Vehicle Brakes 2002 Rule 32014 slash 2002 saying an enduro motorcycle or trial motorcycle may only be used on the road without an anti-lock braking system or combined braking system that would otherwise be required by clause 2.7, 2.73, 2.74 or 2.75 for the purposes of sanctioned competition. So I asked um, Mr. Crawford, hey, does that mean Joe Bloggs can't just go and put a plate on his KTM 500 EXCs bought from a dealer from November 1st next year? And this is what he came back to say. He said, yep, you're 100% correct. You cannot put a number plate on an enduro motorcycle and use it for regular road use. Um, it's been basically, they put the kibosh on it. You're not going to be able to do it. Uh, when the rule was consulted on, there was a wider exemption process suggested, he told us, um, but officials then unilater unilaterally decided when summarizing the submissions uh, and making a final recommendation to the minister to tighten the exemption provisions on the erroneous belief if left as consulted on, too many people would buy these bikes for commuting. So basically, the powers that be decided that if there was a loophole where an enduro bike that can be plated, but it's been primarily designed as an off-road enduro bike, um, so your WR450F, your KTM 500, 400, 350 EXCs, basically they figured uh, a whole lot of people are gonna go out and buy these to get around the ABS law, which you look at the sales stats and very few of these bikes are plated. I think I counted three WR450s uh, in this year's stats. Um, so that's basically, sadly, the uh, the long and short of it. So just to round it off, um, the exemptions for the Land Transport Rule Light Vehicle Brakes Amendment number 2, 2019, are as follows. Motorcycles currently or previously registered in New Zealand, they are good. Motorcycles first registered anywhere in the world before January 1st, 1990. Sweet, you can bring those in, register them. 
off-road motorcycles used only in competition. So that's if there is an FIM event being run here in New Zealand and they need to ride down the road from paddock A to paddock B, that's fine. Quad bikes are also exempt and up to 100 post-1990 motorcycles are allowed to get in provided ABS was not available for that model. Um, so if you want to read more and read the really, really boring uh, document in its entirety, um, head along to the NZTA website. They've got the whole thing there for you to read and it is boring as that shit. Yamaha's Tracer Triple becomes a Tracer 9 GT for 2021. Only five years after its debut, Yamaha have given the tri- the triple cylinder Tracer a full revision for 2021. It seems like Yamaha are going through their entire back catalogue and updating everything. Now boasting a larger capacity thanks to a 3mm increase in engine bore, the Tracer 9 GT, as it is now dubbed, has a fully revised bodywork style with new headlights, reminiscent of the outgoing MT-09. Even even possible that they had a few in, left in the parts bin, I reckon, uh, and slapped that on the front. Key feature of the new Tracer 9 GT is the arrow silhouette formed by the windscreen, front fairing and fuel tank cover that gives a dynamic and purposeful look. Yamaha won't be bringing in the base model Tracer 9 and will focus on the better equipped Tracer 9 GT for the New Zealand market. First arrivals are expected in April with pricing yet to be confirmed by Yamaha Motor New Zealand. The 2021 Isle of Man TT has been cancelled. Yeah, not that we were really, we had tickets or anything booked, but a lot of people overseas did, particularly in the UK. Um, While the 2021 running of the Isle of Man TT wasn't scheduled to kick off until May 29th, the government of the Isle of Man has officially cancelled the event due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, that would basically be the only reason they'd cancel it. So the Isle of Man Minister for Enterprise, uh, Mr. Lawrence Skelly, um, said, we do not underestimate the disappointment that this decision will cause to many people. Uh, However, We are making an early logical decision to provide certainty and clarity for race fans and everyone involved in the event. The TT relies on thousands of volunteers and officials across a wide range of organizations and we could not move responsibly towards a positive decision to proceed in planning for 2021, which would involve committing to welcoming tens of thousands of people to the island in June. Uh, despite the progress towards vaccination program globally and on the island. Um, So that's a big, big shame. Um, But uh, as it states, um, as it sits at the moment, um, while the TT has officially been cancelled, work is still ongoing for the 2021 running of the Classic TT, uh, which is with all the cool classic bikes, and the Manx Grand Prix races, which are due to be held in August 2021. The Honda CRF300L and Rally, we talked about a couple of episodes ago, have been confirmed not only for Europe, but for Australia as well. Isn't that good news? Because you know if it's coming to Australia, there's a high chance it might be hitting New Zealand. Honda Europe has confirmed... Yeah, and that means my bike's going to be worth a whole lot less. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> you wait till the, the, somebody buys them and then writes one off and then just take that engine out. And... Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm all on board again. <laughs> Under Europe have confirmed the brand's fully revised CRF250L replacement. The CRF300L will be available next year alongside the CRF300 Rally. Uh, I always thought it was the CRF300L Rally, but no, apparently not. I found that out a few weeks ago as well. Oh, so they got rid of the L one. I didn't actually know. It's, CRF it. it's CRF300L, 
or CRF 300 Rally. There's no CRF 300 L Rally. I suppose when yeah, when you're naming off uh, Rosie the Rally, there it is a bit of a gobful to add that L in between mm. 250 and Rally. Well, Honda's trusty CRF 250 L platform has been given a refresh for next year and will be sold in Japan. Select markets: Honda Thailand, where the uh, CRF 250 L was made, um, stole the show with the brand's trusty trusty 250 Thumper with a surprise if long overdue, upgrade. We talked about the fact that the CRF 300L and CRF 300 uh, Rally will be using Honda's CB300R engine, uh, which is the 286cc single uh, pushing 31 horsepower, 26 newton meters of torque with a six-speed gearbox and slipper clutch. It's quite the looker. I mean, it's not much visually different to the 250s that are out now. But the big news is, and we, we knew it was going to be hitting the Asian markets, we didn't know whether we were going to see it in New Zealand. Oh, initially... Um there was um, someone at uh, Honda Power Sports Australia emailed, um, someone sent off an inquiry and they go, no, we're not getting it, can't get our hands on it, sorry. And then um, a day later, officially, they put out a press release saying, oh, actually, no, we are getting it. Well, there you go. It's always good to have updated information, isn't it? Blue Wing Honda, New Zealand's Honda motorcycle distributor, is currently looking at the new 300L models for the New Zealand market for the potential to replace the 250Ls, 250 models, uh, but as yet not locked in the availability at the time of writing or recording this podcast. The CRF 300 models did, if the CRF 300 models did make it to New Zealand, it would give riders looking for road legal adventure bikes more, enduro, more on the enduro side of the spectrum a solid option with the Kawasaki, with Kawasaki confirming the KLX 300 models won't be coming here and the uh, future of the Yamaha WR250R and the older pre-ABS dual sports in serious doubt to um, be hitting the country from later next year. Uh, and we talked about the fact that the WR250R is being killed off overseas. Uh, I think it was the UK and the US, um, Matt, that they're losing it. Yeah, and um, I don't see them adding ABS to it for our tiny little market. So um, sadly, I am pretty sure, pretty confident in saying um, we will indeed be losing the WR250R next year along with the DRZ400E, DRZ400SM, DR650, KLR650, and um, a whole range of other cool bikes. Which is really, really sad. We might have to have a funeral. Yeah, go have a candlelit vigil. More Ducati news, um, because Ducati has been slowly trickling out their new model info over the last five weeks. Uh, This week it is the monster well it's a bit controversial what ducati have done here um so not only has the uh, new monster shed a lot of weight it's shed one of its more iconic parts uh, one of those pieces that makes a ducati monster a ducati monster um so without further ado the 2021 monster has lost 18 one eight kilograms by uh, way of losing Ducati's signature trellis frame in favour of a Panigale inspired monocoque uh, with a tech injection to round it out for good measure. Um, New Zealand pricing has not been finalised, um, but over the ditch, our mates and Aussies will play. Our mates and Aussie will pay eighteen thousand two hundred dollars for the new monster with their bikes arriving in June. The aluminium front frame replicates the same concept found on the Panigale V4. It's short and attached directly to the engine heads, and it 
weighs only three kilograms, so that makes it four and a half kilograms lighter than the previous trellis frame, which is uh, pretty hefty. Brings the drawing weight of the bike down to 166 kgs. Uh, the Monster's powered by Ducati's Tester Stretter 11 degree 937 uh, cc L-twin, because Ducati um, believe that it is a L, not a V-twin, like the rest of us do. Um, it's got desmodromic valves and, um, of course, Europe 5 homologation. Compared to the previous uh, 821 Monster, increases displacement, power, torque, and decreases the weight. It's uh, lighter, so it's 2.4 kilos lighter than the 821cc motor, which is pretty impressive. Now delivering 111 horsepower at 9,250 RPM with a maximum torque of 95 Newton meters delivered at just 6,500 RPM. So thanks in part to the increased displacement, Ducati says the torque has improved at all revs, particularly in the medium to low range, uh, which is good for street riding and um, powering out of corners. Should be a good fun bike, nice and easy to get on. Seat height's only 820 millimeters. Um, and this is combined with a new narrow because you don't have that trellis frame anymore. The bike is narrower, allows you to put your feet down on the ground easier. So it's a very accessible Ducati. Um, what else do they have? Lots of tech. Standard equipment includes ABS cornering, traction control, wheelie control, because for some reason you want that on a Ducati Monster, and uh, all adjustable to different levels of intervention to suit the rider. There's also riding modes, including <clears throat> there's also riding modes, including sport, urban, and touring, as well as a 4.3-inch color TFT dashboard featuring racing graphics that pop up just like the Panigale V4. Uh, so it is looking like a very, very cool bike. Oh, and it's also got a launch control. So it should be a very, very, very fun bike. So price for Aussie, 18.2, should be coming into New Zealand around that $20,000 mark. But you won't know it's a Ducati anymore because it doesn't have the trellis frame. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really. I'm not too sure how I feel about it. Like, on the one hand, I love the fact it's lost 18 kilograms. Like, that is a massive... Like, that's my kid in weight. Uh, my eldest kid in weight. And he's heavy, man. Like, carrying him around for half a day today, going to the Christmas parade and whatnot. Like, I felt it at the end of the day. I'm still feeling it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a lot of weight. But then the trellis frame's so sexy. Like... I'm a bit conflicted. For more information on any of these news stories, do head to ontoddle.co.nz. You'll see all the photos up there or grab you, uh, grab yourself a copy online of the latest Kiwi Rider magazine, kiwirider.co.nz. That rounds off the news. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Santa here. Can you hear me? Oh good, I've been busy working in the workshop all week on a wooden motorcycle. I thought it would be the greatest thing ever. A wooden seat, a wooden engine, a wooden frame and wheels. But blow me down, I got it all together and I couldn't get the blasted thing going. It wouldn't start. <laughs> I could talk motorbikes all day, but it's getting quite busy here. So let's find out what's on the KR Christmas wish list for this year. All right, let's dive straight into it. Harry's emailed through and he wants uh, an, a solution to mount his phone on the handlebars of his bike, but he also wants it to be safe. He has, uh, he mentions here he's got the iPhone 12 and apparently that's quite prone to uh, vibrations. I'll tell you what, SP Connect from our mates at bits 4 bikescoznz have a massive 
absolutely huge range of stuff for your bike uh, and your phone. So uh, what I can suggest is attaching, uh, grab yourself the, the, the iPhone 12 case, uh, the SP Connect case, put that on your phone and then grab the SP Connect Moto Mount Pro in black. Now this is milled, uh, CNC milled out of aircraft grade aluminium. Uh, fits standard oversized handlebars. Uh, it's got the clamp and then it's got a little swivel mount and then the SP Connect head on it. Uh, now the SP Connect head is two horizontal rails and the SP Connect phone case. You can also get a, a 3M sticky if your phone isn't actually supported by SP Connect but they've got a huge range. Uh, the, the socket on the back of that has a socket for the two rails. Pop it on there, line it up there, pop it on and then swivel it, lock it in place, done and dusted. SP Connect will look after your phone in that way. Uh, to further protect your smartphone on the mount, uh, the mount itself has a unique vibration dampening system. It cuts out uh, G-forces, they claim by up to 40%, uh, depending on the bike and the phone model and that sort of jazz. Uh, mount it with the positioning arm and uh, the direct clamp mount uh, both versions allow 360 degree rotation to find the perfect position for your phone um, and it looks like a cool bit of kit it's all as i said cnc milled aluminium it's going to look after your phone and you're going to be uh, safe as now the moto mount includes the mount three plastic spaces for different size handlebars uh, the direct adapter itself um, and, and it's a nice bit of kit. Let's look at the uh, rest of the stuff that's uh, available for SP Connect. Uh, you can get a, uh, a sticky dash mount for your car. You can get a windscreen sucker mount for your car. You can get um, you can get push bike connections or mountain bike connections. People tell me off for calling them push bike connections. Uh, you can get something to go on your bars, on your you can get a you can even get a, a mirror stem mount for the thing. Um, so the, the the options are endless, and if you've already got one of the older models of SP Connect, they even do an SP Connect anti-vibration module in black or chrome. So check out bitsforbikes.co.nz and search uh, SP Connect. As far as um, older phones and not being waterproof, there uh, there's two options. There's uh, Once you've got the case on the phone, there's uh, a poncho thing that kind of slips over the front of it and um, gives it a little bit more weather tightness there. Uh, there is also um, waterproof bags that you can... Uh, when I say bag, it fits the phone, but you know you can pop it, pop it in there. It's waterproof, and it has the uh, SP Connect um, socket on the back of it. Or you could just do what Ben and Doug did and uh, wrap your phone up in a Ziploc bag. Or that, yeah, which is is very weird to look at, but it worked for them. And there's also um, universal bike mounts which have a Velcro or a, a zip tie kind of arrangement on the back of them. So if you can't get anything that you know, if you've got obscure bars or you want to attach it somewhere strange, um, the there's many, many options there. And then when you get to where you're going and want to go for a run, there's even the SP Connect running band, uh, which, you know, it straps around your upper arm and it has the SP Connect socket on there and you just attach your phone and away you go. So it's definitely a one-stop shop as far as options. Uh, I highly recommend you jump on bitsforbikes.co.nz and search out SP Connect. They really are a one-stop shop for everything bike-related, aren't they? Like, they've just got almost everything under the sun. If they haven't got it you probably don't need it um i see we we've also got an email here matt from um 
from Mike, uh, not Mike, our Mike, but another Mike, but he's got a lightweight adventure bike and he wants some ideas on tyres. Now, previously, you've been running the Avon um, tyres, which are more trail riders, which are more road-orientated than dirt, but lately you've been getting into a bit more dirt, so I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, um Honestly, nothing wrong with the Avons. Um, they do fine on gravel roads and everything. Um, yeah, like we did that whole um, trip into Muntinbrew and everything. Love them quite on the road. Um, they are, uh, what, an 80%, 90% road tyre. So, um, yeah, following uh, KR editor Ben Wilkins around Rotorua, have gotten to some places which are probably a lot more closer to a trail ride than uh, gravel roads lately. Um, and I and your skills are progressing as well. You're you're throwing the bike into play, yeah, into places that that you never did before. I'm literally throwing the bike down. <laughs> I have dropped the bike twice on my last ride with Ben. Yes, yeah, so A1's great if you're more predominantly um, doing a lot of road cars, uh, but moving uh, to a more sort of affordable 50-50s tire. Say um, again, friends at bitsforbikes.co.nz, they do a tire called the Shinko Adventure 804 and. 805 um, and they are a really good looking uh, 50-50 tyre and I know they're really good looking because I have a set sitting right here that are going on Rosie the Rally this week that I am very much looking forward to putting on and uh, testing out and seeing just how much better they handle that more gnarly stuff. Outstanding. So are they are they more knobbly than you know previous tyres? Are they uh, Do they look like a, an off-road tyre? Yeah, so they're much, they look like a pucker adventure tyre. So not only is are they going to hopefully do the job and uh, make it a little bit easier for me to not drop my bike. Um, but um, they, they look like a proper adventure tire. They've got nice big lugs at the rear, uh, nice wide. Uh, it almost looks like it could dig a nice big hole if you just decided to do a skid on the grass. Um, up front, more knobby tire. It's not thin knobs though. Again, they're nice big thick lugs, so they're not going to fold in when you're riding on the road. Uh, so it should give lots of... Um, Decent amount of feedback, should be able to chuck it around on the road, still have a good bit of fun, but hit the gravel and just have as much fun, go for gold. I'm looking forward to now, it. Now, do they only do lightweight adventure bikes or can they do bigger tyres? What's the fitment like? <clears throat> so they've got a wide fitment for these Shinko Adventures. Um, so for me, I have a very small adventure bike, a 250 Rally. Um, I have got them in one. 20, 90, 18 for the rear, which is the smallest tyre they do in an 18-inch, and a uh, 90, 90, 21 for the front. So they cover a wide variety. You can get them up to a much larger size, uh, 150 wide sort of stuff. Um, you can also get them in tubed and tubeless. So riding my 250 Rally, I need a tubed tyres. They come in a specific tubed variant or a specific tubeless variant. So, um, and they're just so, so cheap. Uh, one second, I am going to bring up just how much these tyres cost. Cheap, cheap as in money, not cheap as in value or um, manufacturing, oh, right? Oh, definitely. When it comes to value, um, I'm pretty much sold. I haven't even fitted them to the bike yet, and I'm pretty much sold that they are the best value you can get. So the cheapest one I can see here from the Shinko 804 range comes as a uh, 12090 18, uh, which is what's on my bike, $125 for a rear tire. Um, so for a 1990 21 front tire uh, with a really aggressive looking knobby, but nice thick lugs, it's going to do well on the road, $84 um, from bitsforbikes.co.nz. And that's for the tube type. Kind of get the vibe that I may come across as a bit of a cheap ass. Um, but 
when it comes to value, like it's going to be hard to argue with these. Um, they're going to do the job. But if I get more than six, 7,000K out of them, I'll be thrilled. Um, and so long as I uh, can successfully do the 40-second traverse at the end of the year with the KR boys, I'm going to be happy. Outstanding. So what was the tyre and where do you get them from? So the tyre is the Shinko E805 and E804 Adventure Tyre. They are available from bitsforbikes.co.nz or a lot of deals around the country. Um, you can jump online, bitsforbikes.co.nz there. Shipping is stupid fast. Um, I ordered mine on a Monday. They showed up on the Tuesday. Yeah, there's no mucking around with those guys, is there? No, it's phenomenal. It's almost like they could have dropped them off um, by themselves because they're just down the road in Hamilton. But uh, no, it showed up on the courier the next day, along with a set of tubes. They also have a wide variety of new tubes, which if you're running a tube tyre, definitely recommend swapping out your tube when you put in a new tyre. That way, uh, if something goes wrong, you know it's definitely not, to one or the other like an old tube imagine having an old tube pop on you when you're off on an adventure ride that'd suck yeah and while you're at it grab yourself a couple of extra tubes and maybe some tyre levers and put yourself together a, a kit to chuck under your seat uh, and you'll be away laughing when you do hit the track hey that pretty much rounds off our episode today this has been Kiwi Rider Podcast thank you very much for joining us and sticking with us throughout this episode throughout uh, Matt's croakiness yeah <laughs> I bet you're sick of hearing my voice already nah, you're alright uh, of course for more on any of these stories go to kiwirider.co.nz check out the latest magazine Kiwi Rider uh, Google Kiwi Rider Jumag J-O-O-M-A-G simple as that hit that subscribe button and you'll get the, the latest magazine straight to your inbox every uh, roughly every two weeks it's twice a month also while you're at it check out uh, check out onthrottle.co.nz Matt's website latest in motorcycling New Zealand centric news and reviews and all sorts of stuff up there and you can now actually read Kiwi Rider direct on onthrottle.co.nz and listen to the podcast there as well there's a Kiwi Rider tab just click on that and uh, go for gold outstanding well that's that's about our lot just an update on the new bike I have got the new bike I can't tell you what it is. I did drop in a, a, a hint earlier in the... I know what it is. You do know what it is. You've, you've seen it too. Um, I went up to Auckland on, on Saturday, yesterday, and uh, got the early flight out up there, uh, got on the bike, rode it back in one day, and oh man, it killed me. But um, it's a great bike. <laughs> I, left, I dropped a hint earlier in the podcast as to what uh, it might have been too, so um, you can go back and, and look for that Easter egg. You know what, I've been coughing my lungs up for like two weeks. I need something. I need some levity, man. Um, do you have a dad joke for me? Uh, did you breaking news? Did you hear about the the cheese factory in France that exploded? No, I didn't. Debris was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kiwi Rider Podcast. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. If you want to get in touch with us, email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or get hold of us on Facebook or Instagram as well. That's our lot. I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Get the rubber <laughs> side down the throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time. Yeah.